This is Bobby Guy with the 10 Minute Health BizCast. This is album four, track seven. With us today is Dr. David Friend. Dr. Friend has focused his passions on the healthcare industry for more than 35 years, and the list of his accomplishments is too long to recite here. To skirt the edges, over the course of his career, David has started a managed care company, worked on Wall Street and life sciences, served as a board member and global healthcare director at Willis Towers Watson, where he helped lead the company's IPO served as the CEO of several private equity-backed healthcare companies, and co-founded BDO's Institute for Healthcare Excellence and Innovation. He currently advises on a variety of healthcare clients and serves on the advisory board at the University of Pennsylvania's Institute for Health Policies. David, welcome. Thank you. Let's dive into value-based care. Where are we today and where are we going? Sure. So let me credit... uh... A lot of what I'm going to say to the University of Pennsylvania, uh, Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics, where I sit on the advisory board, and they've done a lot of work on this. Really, if you think about it, this has been going on for about 10 years. And uh, just to, to set your listeners for a minute, uh, there are really two ways to pay for healthcare. One is fee-for-service, where you, you someone does something for you. Uh, you spend a day of, in the hospital, you get a prescription, you get a procedures, and you pay for that. And no one ever asks if you needed it or did it really uh, give you a good outcome or was it worth the money. The other, the other way to think about uh, reimbursing people is based on value, which is kind of what we do in our lives on virtually every other thing we buy. We think about the quality of what we're going to get and we divide it by the cost. And we give some thought to, you know, is it worth the money? And you can uh, improve value by either uh, make, having a better quality for the dollar you spend or spending less for the quality you get. So uh, the government uh, has been working around the edges, CMS, for the last 10 years. And they haven't made a lot of uh, traction, but they've learned a lot. And let me tell you, I think the five reasons we really haven't had that much success, but each of these reasons is also uh, an area where they're going to try to make it better. Uh, so the first one is that um, it just wasn't clear uh, really uh, what value-based payment, how it could work. Um, so in fairness, CMS tried a lot of things out there, a lot of different formats. Uh, in fact, the number, the list of value-based uh, services is quite long and uh, quite uh, very difficult to really comprehend. And a lot of institutions uh, just had difficulty dealing with uh, the challenge of it. So um, the, the, that's the, the, the first thing that got in the way. It just wasn't clear what they were trying to do. It really wasn't integrated. Uh, the second thing was that the programs were voluntary. And so often, you know, uh, folks looked at the cost benefit of putting in the program and they said, boy, it's a lot. We're going to do better if we don't uh, if we don't select. We're, we like to stay in fee for service, so people found ways to continue to be in in fee for service and kind of uh, you know escape the mechanism because it was voluntary. The third issue was that again it was very administratively burdensome. Um, it was very short term. 
So often uh, an organization said to itself, well, if we make an investment, uh, it might take a long time for us to get a return. And if this is gonna be a very short-term program, it just may not be worth the investment. Um, and the, again, the fee-for-service arrangements were so attractive and given the voluntary nature of it, uh, people just said, Let, let's try to not jump into it that much. Um, the fourth problem was that um, health systems generally were in programs that were just upside only shared savings, which at the end of the day resulted in not a lot of money for the energy that was being put in. Now this, this suggests that there are ways to make it a lot more lucrative and with these kind of risk bearing population-based payment models that will come, which we can talk about. But for the most part, uh, the programs were limited to upside only savings. And the last issue, which I think has really come to the fore, was that if you look at what was done, it, they were not thinking about um, social equity. Uh, they were really not thinking about the social determinants of healthcare. And I think what they have found in their research, because again, these were all experimental programs, is that in some ways it really uh, discriminated against people who uh, you know, were uh, medically challenged uh, in a lower socioeconomic band. In some way, these programs were actually punishing uh, people uh, who they actually intended to care for. So, so that's kind of that long-winded answer. Those are the five things that have kind of gotten in the way. Um, and I think their goal now is to try to move on all five. So where are we going and what are the implications of a ramp up in value-based reimbursement when it comes to patient care? Okay, well, here's where we're going if we don't fix the problem. So we are spending about $3.8 trillion on healthcare in the country, which is a, a, a huge number if you think about it. And there are, you, you can listen to different people's estimates, but a reasonable estimate is we're wasting 25%. So we're wasting $1 trillion. Uh, and waste is, is an interesting term. Uh, they say waste, you didn't need it, or in fact, it could be harmful. We, so we may actually be spending money on things that make you worse off. But if we don't, uh, if we don't do something about the problem, uh, that trillion, if we just keep growing at six or 7%, will become $2 trillion. If you have some perspective, if you look at the federal budget, and what's interesting is the government uh, spends a lot of money. You know, we talk about, we don't want government health care, but the fact is the government spends an awful lot of money on health care today. In fact, if you simplify the federal budget, uh, we spend about, uh, you can think about it in three buckets, four buckets. We spend about $1.2 trillion on health care. We spend about $1.1 trillion on defense and about $1.1 trillion on Social Security. So health, defense, and Social Security are each about a third. And then we're spending $400 billion on the debt. And... That's what the tax revenues cover. So everything else, infrastructure bill, COVID, everything else, we have to borrow right now. So, you know, as you know, we're borrowing $4 trillion this year, astounding amounts of money. But if we don't get a handle on this and healthcare doubles, the, we'll then be spending almost half of all federal tax receipts on healthcare. And I just don't think that's viable. I mean, you have uh, the Medicare, trust funds saying it's gonna run out of money in five years. So it's clear that we need to uh, tackle the problem because uh, costs are rising, because we've got a lot more people that are aging. 
And uh, for example, the number of people over 65 is going to grow dramatically. And they're about a third of all healthcare costs today, but in 15 years, they'll be half. So uh, where we are going, if we do not fix the problem, is uh, a place I don't think the country wants to be. How do companies get ready to adjust to this new environment? What can they do? In, in simple way to think about it, the companies that are organized that can manage the uh, waste, and, and in essence, can squeeze that trillion dollars out um, and do it you know, in a legal and regulatory and ethical and medically correct way. Uh, stand to make uh, a tremendous, do tremendously well. And that's where I think you're seeing the growth of a lot of uh, businesses who are going to attempt to eliminate uh, the waste, to arbitrage out uh, the inefficiency in the system. And you've seen that in many other examples in industry, right? Where um, Amazon has done that, uh, Google has done that. I mean, you've had tremendous businesses built by arbitraging the inefficiency, or well, let's call it the friction, the friction in the system. So those organizations that can uh, do that, and there are a lot of new ones that are relying on those other forces we've described, I think have a bright, bright future. And the ones, but there are other organizations that are now dependent on that, uh, that inefficiency. They, they are profitable because of the friction. So they must evolve as well, or they will see their business go to the other. I think they, first of all, have to realize like which side of that ledger are they on? Um, and how, and probably uh, most organizations have a, a foot in both camps. So I think they have to think about uh, how dependent are they for for service? How dependent are they for uh, this inefficient model? How much friction are they generating for their customers? Um, and then think about ways to uh, literally uh, change their model um, because, uh, and it can be difficult. So I think the incumbents have to think about how do they evolve and change their models. And then I think for the entrepreneurs or other businesses, they have a, a wide open field to get in there and start innovating and, uh, you know, making a, just like an Amazon, a better mousetrap, you know, make it better, cheaper, give the customer more of what they want. We, we refer to that as the Amazoning of healthcare. So as we close, I'd love to know if you could change one thing about healthcare right now. What would it be? Well, you know, I would say I'd like to see less of an emphasis on what I'll call paperwork and more of an emphasis on patient care. You know, what we say paperwork, the, re the, the regulation, the, I mean, the amount of administrative uh, challenge is, is, has grown uh, logarithmically in my 40 years here. And I think uh, it's taken away from the energy uh, that we have to take care of patients. So I'd say I'd like to go less let focus less on paperwork and put that energy more into patient care. David, thanks very much for being with us. Thanks for having me. This has been the 10-Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us.